Now, the fireworks commissioner, flashlight king, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Commencing fireworks launch at segment number one. Trying to clear up. 20 degrees. Uh, no wind. Nope. Yeah, a green line accident this morning. I'm struggling now what to think about these. A pedestrian accident on the Green Line at Fairview Avenue. Okay. Closed service this morning. I'm sorry, slowed service this morning, just before 11 a.m. Metro Transit tweeted that the Green Line was operating at a 20-minute delay due to the accident. No details about the accident had been released as of Tuesday morning. And I've always long held the belief that if you get hit by a train... It's your fault. Yes. Now I'm wondering. Uh-huh. Just wondering, that's all. All right. Uh, and I can't, I can't go beyond my wondering with this one because I know no other facts. Well, and I in, read your column uh, last week or the week before mm-hmm. when there was a close call, and you, you were wondering why the uh, train operator was still going the same amount of speed well, as you know, would. Well, you know, to be fair to them... It, that's what it looked like to me, for all I know it wasn't. But it seems to me when there's heavy snowfall, yes, why don't they slow down too? You got to cut. Yeah, you do, on skits. You don't always have to be on schedule to the second. It's not it's exactly preferable. like you're delivering members of parliament to an important meeting. There you go. You know. There you go. Yesterday, though, when I was pulling in, or was it? Yeah, it was yesterday. Yesterday was Monday. There was a kid across the street who was trying to get across to take the westbound train. Yeah. Completely didn't obey by any of the stoplights, so he jumped in front of traffic and then jumped in front of the train that he was attempting to catch. Wow. Well, thought, we have a peculiar mess here. Yes. Because uh, we're a uh, uh, we're a hub of University of Minnesota students who live in, uh, what are those called back there? Apartments. Yes. And uh, they rely on the train to get to school. So that intersection at Berry Street and University Avenue is a real harrowing one for uh, all the young people trying to get back and forth. What's We're your at? favorite station name? Westgate. Uh, Westgate like, has a good ring to it. Uh, I like Prospect. I like... Okay. Uh, gotcha. I Target like, Field? No, it doesn't. No. I like the European ones like Westgate. Okay, you know, West it just Bank. makes it. It solidifies that we are a mini Europe. Oh, except it's, just, it's wonderful for the cobblestone streets. It's just wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have a note. Good afternoon, Joe. I know you don't do birthday requests on your show, so that is not what I want to ask for. I know that my name Shalon Shalon S H A L O N is a foghornable name. Oh, and Shalon. Yeah, let's get. Yeah, that really gets the horn. You know this little arrow that I have to see when I'm trying to find something. Yeah, the that mouse I, thing. Can that be? Can we change the color on that? Can that become yes. a black arrow? Seriously? Uh, yes. Well, you want us to make it bigger? I'm gonna make it a big clown. Make it a big clown black arrow. I think we have to do that in settings, and somebody smarter than me will be able to make that a big, huge black button where you can't see anything else on the screen. All right. I want to see is that. that arrow. Right. So that when I'm moving the mouse around. <laughs> I can find the arrow. I think I know what you're trying to find out. <clears throat> I know that my name, Sha Allen, is a foghornable name today. I have a little girl who turns five. 
and I want to see if her name passes the Garage Logic Foghorn test. I submit on her fifth birthday, Adelaine Joan. Oh, is Adelaine a yeah, name? Yeah, I don't think that's doodling. I, I've uh, that might yeah, be I old school, like Ruth or yes. Gert. A D E L A N E. Wait, A D E L A N E. L Adelaine N E. Joan certainly passes the test. Boy, isn't there? Shouldn't there be an I? Hey, can you foghorn a five-year-old on her birthday? No, I can. Sure, I can. <laughs> Well, then just wish her a happy birthday. Well, f- look it up for me. You Both you morons are sitting there. I'm look up the name right Adeline. Now. Adeline. A- I don't know if I Having a laugh. You're a- having a laugh with Adeline. A-D-E-L-A-N-E. A-D-E-L-A-N-E. It sounds terribly familiar, doesn't it? Okay, Adeline. Or am I thinking of Adelaide? Adelaide. Adelaide. Uh, the girl's name meaning population or uh, popularity and origin. What does? I'm trying to find out what this one is here. This Eight? name. You think it's on your list? Uh, related names. Adeline, A-D-E-L-I-N-E. I think that's conventionally spelled. Uh, all right. Um, Adelaide. No. You know what? Sorry. Sorry, five-year-old. Mm. Too bad. <laughs> tough kid. Yep. Tough. Get used to it. It's yep. a tough Addie. life. If you call her Addie, that's cute, though. Yeah. Come on, Add- Addie. Let's get moving. Addie is a cute name. Addie, you're not dating that man. <laughs> you what? know, 20 years down the road. Shalon, that's that's Shalon. Yeah. We've met him. S H A L O N. I don't know if that's a guy or a no. We've woman. met. I think we've met him. Really? We're discussing at the Shalon. fair. Huh. Shalon. 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 Why do you? You're on. You do something weird with that name. Yeah, Shalon. 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 I'm not doing. He Shalon. he phonetically uh, provided me with how the how you correctly pronunciate it. Okay. Oh. Say, is Dale Mulfinger going to join us today? Very talented. Uh, He's a cabin architect yeah. oh. who I have dubbed the cabinologist. I, I know that. And he, charitably enough, always gives me credit for that. I can't remember when I did that. Hey, 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 just take it. No, I am, He's but I'll successful. ask him. We, oh, okay. we we apparently have had him on the air before. Yes, we have. With his, uh, He had a cabin book several years ago. Is it several already? And I'm a sucker for these coffee table books that he writes. Yes. And I have the new one at home. It's called The Family Cabin, and I have a number of questions for him. But he's on in relation to his role at the... Uh, Lake Home and Cabin Show. When does that start? That is uh, That will be at the Minneapolis Convention Center, and that is this weekend. Well, they must have been rolling in the cabins as they were rolling out the golf clubs. Yes. Getting ready for that, right? Yes, exactly. And I, in fact, will be there... On Sunday from noon to two with Come an appearance on. at the Lake Home and Cabin so, Show. So 1500 ESPN has a role. Uh, yes, and David, who runs the show, is a very big Garage Logic fan. Really? David Greer. He used to be with the Boat Show, yeah. and now he has his own Lake Home and Cabin Show. Yep. And uh, he understands that many GLers own cabins. And uh, it's a very, I've walked through it several years in a row, and it's. It makes you want really to have a place, doesn't it? I wish I had the money to have a yeah. place. I yeah. don't, but someday maybe. Even better, just have a buddy that's got one. Yeah, why don't you buy a cabin, dummy? And come on up there. <laughs> We're well, coming up. I don't know. That that train might have left the station. Really? Yeah. Okay. Although although if I could get a guy like Mulfinger to design it, I'd have second thoughts. Oh, well, man. then it would be then I wouldn't leave. That was the best part of going on that pontoon ride up at Dutch's place. Oh, on Gull Lake. Oh my God! Go for the cocktail cruise. Seeing all of those great spots. Up yeah, but there. that I want to ask him about that. Yeah, uh, I suppose he doesn't want to get involved in the uh, Denny Hecker 
conversation. No, he'd probably want to shy away from that. But, but I mean, Hecker's Place is an example of precisely, well, there's no accounting for taste. So uh, I can't. Denny went a little overboard, yeah. But that's that's exactly the opposite of what I think of when I think of a lake place. The opposite. Yeah, but if I if I go up to right down to the Elvis Presley statue next to a bear, you know. Yeah. If we do that again, though, I will stay at Dutch's place at Craigans, but I might spend one night in John Allen's garage. Well, that would be up to John. No, sorry, John. Uh, I'm doing that. All right. <laughs> Open bar. Let's go. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Sushi. I've been following news about the state of Minnesota intending to sue 3M. Ah, uh, yes. Seemingly, uh, off the top of her head, the Attorney General Lori Swanson wants $5 billion from 3M uh, to clean up the ground out Oakdale, Lakeville, Hastings Way, because 3M uh, dumped chemicals there. Uh, chemicals known as PFCs, plurifluor, or how do you say it? Here, I got it here. Fluorocarbons. Yeah, and, and they used it in Scotchgard and whatever in products that make them less sticky and what have you. And, and the Attorney General is claiming that these cause health risks because they've leached into the groundwater. But Minnesota's own Department of Health has discredited the Attorney General's office saying, what the hell are you talking about? I'm paraphrasing, of course. We have no evidence of any health risk whatsoever due to this. What? But my main question is, when 3M did this, which they admit to, it was legal. So why does an Attorney General get to come now on board long after the fact oh, I see what you're saying. And, okay. and take this grandstand play of going after Minnesota's premier company only by the grace of God have they remained here. Right. Uh, we're the 42nd highest tax state out of 50 in the nation. They've done nothing but been a good civic partner to this state. They follow the rules. Yeah, they, they put, you know what, and you know what's discovered when, when uh, the groundwater is examined? Hmm. Parts per trillion of these chemicals. Okay, do you need, do you even know what that means? Uh, parts per trillion would be not a lot. My guess well, would be. Well, a guy wrote a wonderful letter to the editor that appeared in the St. Paul Pioneer Press over the weekend. I'd like to read it to you. Okay. I don't know what horse he has in the race. Uh, uh, it's written by a guy named Dennis Hollander, White Bear Lake. Modern technology has allowed us to measure toxins at lower levels than ever before, and this may be causing unnecessary stress. Many toxins have been found to be harmless in concentrations in parts per million. Modern instruments can now measure toxins in parts per trillion, which is one million times less than parts per million. Because we have the capability of finding and measuring toxins at very low harmless levels, we worry about them just because we now know that they are there. Millions, billions, and trillions all sound like the same big number to those who are not mathematically inclined. It's almost as always writing this for me, isn't it? <laughs> to comprehend one part per trillion, consider this. One part per trillion is like one second in 32,000 years. 
Minuscule. Let's well, beyond minuscule. Right. Super minuscule. Can a concentration of anything in a few parts per trillion really be significant? The ongoing lawsuit against 3M may be the end result of unnecessary concerns. The chemical in question has been found to have some effect on laboratory animals in extremely high concentrations. There are no known effects on humans who were exposed at the extremely low concentrations that might actually exist. Does the lawsuit really have merit? Dennis Helander, White Bear Lake. Well, he makes a better argument than I do. The only argument I'm making is 3M disposed of the byproduct of the manufacture of these chemicals when it was legal to do so. They stopped the minute it became illegal to do so. Right. So and they, they haven't manufactured the chemical in almost 20 years. What is Swanson doing? There's an announcement today at 3.30, which is either going to be to say, here's when the trial's going to start, or maybe a settlement's been reached. But I, I don't understand. Smarter GLers than me are going to have to help me. Why? What, what is going on here? And, and this guy who wrote the letter to the editor is right. Because we know something exists, we then create the manufactured fear of it. Now, I don't want, I don't want any pollutants. Right. The, I'm not okay. in favor of against, pollutants. Against pollution. Just take it a stand. I, I am pro-clean water. There you go. Right? Boom. The great denier is pro-clean water. It's like the headline in the paper over the weekend. Trump is not in favor of domestic abuse. Okay. It's good to <laughs> Thank know. Thank you. I'd like to okay. know that. Souchere is not in favor of polluted water. Right. But what, what evidence is suggesting is the water's not polluted. But mm. because Swanson can claim, well, they dumped it there and there are parts per trillion discovered in the groundwater, that can cause health risks. The Department of Health comes along, unusual for two government entities to not be on the same page, and essentially is saying to the attorney general's office, we don't have any, we've checked this out thoroughly. We can find no evidence of anything, no birth defects, no increased cancer rates, no nothing. What the hell are you doing? And we're just grandstanding. Well, boo hiss. Uh, I don't want that type of money. I don't want our money wasted on that. That's not a problem for me. If it was done legally, you got to leave it alone. That is, We're the ninth highest tax state. I stated it wrong. Okay. We're the ninth highest tax state. That's still Only top eight 10. states tax its people more than Minnesota does. All right. We're number nine. <laughs> right. Yeah. The chief offsite correspondent is correcting me. So we've got uh, a ways to go. Yeah. We're, we we gotta still, get to we got one. eight places to climb. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so today at 3.30, there is a, the chemicals are called perfluorinated chemicals known as PFCs. They were used in popular household products, Scotchgard, until the company phased out the chemical in the early 2000s. But for more than 40 years, the state says, the company dumped industrial waste containing PFCs at four disposal sites in the East Metro, uh, Lake Elmo, Oakdale, Woodbury, and Cottage Grove. All when it was legal to do so because that's what we did. It's tantamount to changing the name of Lake Calhoun because you want to feel good about it. Oh, you guys, back when it was legal, you dumped this stuff in the ground? Well, you're going to pay for it. Right. Why? It was legal. I don't get it. But, uh, but so in the today news at 3.30, we're yeah. going to learn more. Well, and then we'll learn that, look at what we're doing, and you know what? We don't want to waste that money. We, there's other things, there's other pressing things that could be look, utilized look, at that office. Look, I, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that a hands-off approach should be taken to the corporate behavior of 3M just because they are so 
important to the state. No. If you got a report that says today, hey, every night at uh, 2 in the morning, they're opening a big valve and they're dumping illegal right. chemicals into right. water. Uh, into uh, White Bear Lake, sue the hell out of them. Right. Stop them. Sue right. them. That's not what this is. This is this is retroactive virtue expressed by Lori Swanson to punish 3M for for merely adhering to the rules that existed at the time. Could somebody help me understand that? We can't. Is that just to advance her own political career? Because you know the euphorians, they, they'll they'll say, PFC's in the water in Oakdale, oh my God, everybody's going to die. But then when you start to break it down and discover it's parts per trillion, which is one second in 30,000 years, it's nothing. I'll go out to Oakdale tomorrow and I'll drink from anybody's tap. Let's, like Pat said, let's take a vote. God almighty. But that's what's going to get, that's, I mean, even in the story, that's what's been getting all the publicity. Craig? Yeah, thanks, Joe. Yeah. Hey, a couple things you can check on to verify my uh, statements. Yeah. One, I think she expanded the suit to the environment, so it's not just humans. Yeah, yeah Secondly, you're right. You're right. It was. It's uh, basically she's attempting to defend nature. Yes. Yeah. Um, secondly, the um, the quotation mark pollutions that occurred were a couple decades ago. The state the state did go after 3M, and 3M abided by every guideline and rule and correction that they had to do. Right. All this is documented, and any citizen can, can get a hold of it. Right. So I think the question is is to look at her. This appears to me to be another grandstanding effort by an attorney general to make a name for herself. And unfortunately, at the end of the day, you know, 3M's going to hire the best attorneys to represent themselves God, and I protect hope so. something that they know they did correctly. Right. They corrected their problem. Right. Uh, so they now need to defend that, and, and this is frivolous, in, in my opinion. I, in my opinion, based on what I've been reading, I can't see it any other way. Now, if you check the facts, and anybody can do it, so no matter who calls in, even including myself, you can go check the facts. It's open. Trim's been very open about the whole thing, and you can see the details, and you can see what they did to correct the problem. Thank you very much. Yep, fine. John uh, John Height coming up with the news. Can you paint this arrow? Can you? I can. I can. Why paint don't you the just arrow. do it? You want me to? You want me to do something for you? Yeah. Let me do a little something for you. Let All me right. hit the button. All right. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. It's cloudy and 20 degrees. This update brought to you by the Duluth Trading Company. Visit Duluth Trading Company stores in Fridley, Bloomington, Woodbury, and downtown Duluth. Gophers lose to Wisconsin last night, 73-63. to They will wrap up their home season tomorrow night against Iowa at Williams Arena. The Twins have officially signed veteran righty Anibal Sanchez after he passed... After he passed his physical to make room on the 40-man, the team transferred Trevor May to the 60-day disabled list. Sanchez was with Detroit last year where he was 3-7 and seven with an ERA of almost 6.5. The Town Ball Classic is scheduled for this year. It'll happen yeah! May 26th this year at Target Field. You created a monster, Reavers. I, I know. And you are, to uh, not to blame, but to praise for that. Thank it's you. a successful it's event. It's a good monster. It's, it is. A, it's a very fun event, and I'm very happy that uh, the Twins decided to, to keep the event rolling. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Is the Reavers Town Ball Classic, they no, call it we're now? not going to call it that. Oh. Is that uh, Memorial Day weekend? It is Memorial Day, okay, weekend. Memorial Day weekend. Usually we try to avoid the holiday weekends. Unfortunately, the, if you guys look at the Twins' schedule, 
they're home a ton in June and July. Yeah. We have to do it on a weekend, yeah. and the only weekends that were available, uh, you know, they have various concert stuff throughout the summer. So That's very right. happy that it's going to be a Memorial Day weekend this year. Uh, the line lineup this year: ten o'clock in Class C action. The Kimball Express will play the Lake Henry Lakers. At 12.30, the Meesville Mud Hens take on the Victoria Vicks in Class B action. And at 3 o'clock, uh, this is unusual, huh? Uh, the Minneapolis All-Stars play the St. Paul All-Stars. So the class, the way it breaks down, boys, Class A kind of has a, a, a smaller following than Class B and C mm-hmm. do. So I thought, let's do an All-Star game and That'll just get cool. the best talent in the Why state. Why don't you tell us about it when we get a little closer to the date? Yeah, we're a little uh, we're a little out here. About, about three months out here. Okay. Three months and four days. That okay. thing is damn near as far away as the fair. Come on. Right. Should Fair's we talk about the fair? It's only about six months. Yeah, that's Joe. true. Yeah. News notes from today. Minnesota's latest legislative session is getting underway. State lawmakers returning to the Capitol today with a long to-do list, squaring Minnesota's tax code with the recently passed federal tax cuts, one of the top priorities. <laughs> But none of that work is required. The legislature did accomplish its primary job last year when it passed a $46 billion two-year budget. One of the first orders of business, approving budgets for the House and Senate. You might remember Governor Dayton vetoed that funding last year. And also all eyes will be on GOP Senator Michelle Fischbach, who became lieutenant governor earlier this year. She's fighting to maintain her seat and Republicans one seat majority in the Senate. But Democrats are challenging that. Authorities in Anoka County say one person has died in a three-vehicle crash last night in Ham Lake. Anoka County Sheriff Commander Paul Sommers said authorities got the call of a personal injury accident at Lexington and 143rd Lane Northeast at about 8. Three vehicles involved. Three people needed to be extracted from vehicles. According to authorities, the incident appeared to have begun with a head-on collision between two vehicles, and a third vehicle hit the other two after the fact. Summer said the crash was likely weather-related. State Patrol reported that by 8.30 last night, there had been 388 crashes and 244 spun-out vehicles yesterday. The other fatality occurred on Highway 61 near Brighton Beach in Duluth, according to the State Patrol incident report. Intense Syrian government shelling and airstrikes on rebel-held Damascus suburbs killed about 130 people the last two days, marking some of the deadliest bombardment of the region in three years. That, according to a monitoring group and paramedics, retaliatory shells rained down on Damascus, killing at least eight people, causing panic among residents of the Syrian capital, the seat of President Bashar Assad's power. You know who's loving this weather? Hmm. The February weather with the snow and uh, yesterday the rain and ice. Body shops. Mike Fratelloni. Body shops. Oh, yeah. The body shop that I use and have used for years and years and years just because I know the guys, they're having a record February for their business. I would guess. Good. They deserve it. What was the number? From the yesterday, 388 crashes and 244 spin outs. And it was President's Day. I mean, they go to the window and they're just rubbing their hands together. Come Come on in. Like Prince at the at the Super Bowl said, can you make it rain harder? Yeah, right. <laughs> I should mention that reminds me, and I, and I have not mentioned this, but I'm going to mention them in a little send off. My uh, my cousin Paula, her husband, she owns with him New Central Auto Body in Minneapolis. I bet they're having a record month. Well, he was a huge GLer, yeah. and unfortunately, due to complications, we just lost Paul very recently. Okay, and uh, he was a huge garage logician, right. big fan of your show, and so. Uh, our condolences, our GL condolences to my cousin and her family. How old? Paul was uh, seventy in seventies. Great living American. He is, and he was a he was a veteran too. All right, well, he's a great living American. Yes, a fellow from Edina doing quite well on Jeopardy. Rob Warman appears again today on the long running game show after blowing away the competition during yesterday's airing. Uh, yesterday he won thirty seven thousand. 
$999. Wow. Uh, his grand total so far, 92298 bucks. So much better than the, the contestants that attempted the sports questions yes, a couple of weeks much. ago. <laughs> of and co- Tony Bennett. You really have to be here. That's your clicker. (laughs) Of course, the show is taped months in advance. Uh, Here's how I got on there. I've always wondered how this works. I assumed it was just a a test or something. First, he had to do an online rapid-fire test. Then he had to travel to Denver for another quiz, a trip he had to pay for, by the way. Uh, Nope. You really want to get on there then, huh? Then he got the call in October. They needed the honor to travel to Los Angeles. Again, he had to pay for that trip and appear on the show. And it was all taped soon after Thanksgiving, so we don't know uh, how many more days he'll be on. He does, but he can't tell, of course, because uh, that's all. Sure. That's a lot of effort. What's man. his name? His name is uh, Rob Warman. He's from uh, Ro- uh, from Edina. I'm from sorry, Edina. he works in Roseville. Okay, so I know a guy that was on The Price Is Right about a month ago, and he just had to stand in line. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. Well, he Jeopardy's didn't, different. He you have to answer anything. questions. They don't want you. That's to be a done. lot of work. Well, but he's got ninety three grand. So, what's yeah. Jeopardy? Where they ask you? Yeah, and you have they ask they give you the answer. Yeah, you if have you're to, with your family, is that and you have to no, agree no, with your family? No, no. There's three no, contestants. Uh, you're thinking a uh, family feud. Thing comes up on the board. It's an answer, and okay. you have to give the question. Who Why? is? What's a donkey punch? I'm not, I don't I'll show know. you. What? It'd be like. Uh, It'd be like he's the host of Garage Logic afternoons on fifteen hundred ESPN. You'd have to buzz in and go, "Who is Joe Souchere?" Okay, that's true. a blow to the back of the neck is the punch named for this animal, Mike. What is a donkey? No, that's <laughs> what is a rabbit punch? Rabbit, yes. Yeah. Even Alex Trebek was kind of laughing there. That's Jeff, yeah. What was grandfather trying to do when he rubbed horseradish on his head? No, that was that was Hollywood, Hollywood Square. That was Hollywood Square. Square. Trying to get it in his, in his mouth. mouth, right? Don Knotts, I'm having trouble sleeping at night. Are you a man or a woman? That's what's been keeping me up. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh-huh. Claudia Ackley is positive. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Oh, one you, more. You one got more. more? One more. Less than a minute now. Tool time for 200. This term for a long-handled gardening tool can also mean an immoral pleasure seeker. Ken. What's a hoe? No. <laughs> Whoa. What's the real answer? They teach you that in school in Utah, huh? Al, what's a rake? A rake is right. Well, hole is a good answer. And that was Ken, wasn't he? The the, the guy that that won won all the... He won a good run, too. Uh, Claudia Ackley is positive that she and her two daughters came across Bigfoot in a tree in Southern California last year, but when she she called different state authorities to report the sighting, she got the same response. Nope, they told her you saw a bear. As a result, the 46-year-old has filed a lawsuit against the state for failing to recognize Sasquatch right. as a distinct species. What, what would this suit be based on? Uh, well, there is uh, some film. Is it blurry? It's very blurry well, and dark. It is. Blurry yeah. and dark. Uh, state official. was 10 foot tall. Beautiful hair. Hey, yeah, beautiful hair. All right, well, which lawsuit makes more sense, this one or the Lori Swanson lawsuit? Neither of them make any sense. <laughs> State officials won't comment on the pending litigation. Ackley said he looked like a Neanderthal man with hair all over him. He had solid black eyes, no expression on his face. He didn't show his teeth. He just stared at us. And we have yeah. the technology to send a rocket through the third floor window and land in the far right room of an apartment complex in a building. But we can't get a clear picture of Bigfoot. 
because he is very it's stealth. A, it's a, you know what it is? It's a blurry monster. Large, out of focus monster. Yeah. That it's not the it's more. not the camera. It's the, it's the monster himself, just blurry. Right. You cannot stop him. He just make a move. Joe Suchere. Here's Dave Dahl. Oh, a little sunshine is starting to pop through the clouds here in eastern Minnesota. We're going to see the clouds gradually clear out tonight. Colder, though, down to 2 above for the overnight low. West winds at 5 to 10. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, still cold, 22 for the high. But with increasing clouds tomorrow night, not quite as cold. And then light snow develops again on Thursday, continues into early Friday, and then more develops Saturday afternoon and Saturday night. And both of those could give us a couple of inches. So um, we're not done with the snow yet. 20s for lows. Uh, 20s for highs actually on Thursday, back up into the 30s for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Overnight lows will stay in the upper teens to low 20s. And uh, it stays pretty mild next week with partly cloudy skies and a chance of light snow on Monday uh, and Tuesday. Highs both in the low to mid 30s. So again, today, Joe, going for a high of about 22. Right now we're at 20. All right, thank you. Uh, The recently stepped down chief resiliency officer in Minneapolis is back in the news, Kate Knuth. Mm Mm-hmm. She wrote an op-ed piece today for the Minneapolis newspaper. And I put Reavers on the task. Uh, I wanted to invite her on the show so I could ask her about the piece she wrote. These people just don't want to come on our show, do they? No, because they, they see instead of explaining their side, they see it as you are going to attack them. And when you have people on the air, you're very cordial, even well, if you I don't, disagree. I defy anyone no matter how euphorian you are, uh, to read this piece and take from it any substantial meaning. Uh, she essentially, it, it's so boilerplate gibberish. Well, all I can say is Minneapolis is lucky because their chief resiliency officer salary and benefits is paid for by a grant. Presumably that grant is still on the table for whoever uh, Jacob Fry appoints as chief resiliency officer. Uh, She writes, the city of Minneapolis took a bold step last year when it accepted the challenge from the Rockefeller Foundation to hire a chief resiliency officer. Simply put, cities too often focus on responding to things, not preparing for them and what could happen after. In an era when cities are confronted by rapid technological change, social unrest, climate change, and other rapid-fire challenges, it is not enough to simply respond. The city must prepare to change and thrive in rapidly changing environments. Uh, <laughs> what does that mean? means nothing. The, wait, no. The city needs to change. Do, and what was the last sentence? You have to thrive. As Minneapolis's first chief resiliency officer, it has been my job to lead development of a strategy to help our city survive, adapt, and thrive in the face of ongoing stresses and whatever big shocks come our way. A resiliency strategy requires city government to partner with the community. Again, it's it's nonsense. It's absolute bureaucratic salon nonsense. It means nothing. What do you got a mayor or city council for? That's what they're supposed to right. do. Aren't they supposed to make sure the city thrives? As I leave this role, I am proud to say that the people of Minneapolis have shown they are committed to preparing the city to respond and thrive in the face of these big challenges. Thank you. for. I'm glad they showed that. Okay. I spent much of my time in this role listening to people one-on-one at events and in workshops. 
We surveyed people about resilience in Minneapolis. I spent time with city... On and on and on this goes, and I, I'm, I keep waiting for a paragraph to tell me something meaningful. While planning has just begun, I want to honor the generosity and insight of the folks who have engaged in a resilience strategy in Minneapolis. According to our survey, the critical concerns facing Minneapolis are aging infrastructure, crime and violence, economic inequality, lack of affordable housing, and climate change. How is climate change affecting anyone in Minneapolis? A, the climate's always changed, and B, a chief resiliency officer can't do anything about that except dream up programs that would cost the taxpayers of Minneapolis money. It's it's utter nonsense. It's absolute B as in B, S as in S. But this is how government keeps going, and these circles keep getting larger and larger and larger. Because pretty soon, doesn't it logically stand to reason, if you need a chief resiliency officer to make sure the government is partnering with, partnering with the community, then you're going to have to have somebody beyond the chief resiliency officer to make sure the chief resiliency officer has partnered the government with the community. It's all utter nonsense. And I I don't know Kate Knuth. I, I don't intend to be at war with Kate Knuth. I, well, no, I, but we have to but what, call lady, out Lady, you're, you're telling me nothing. <clears throat> And you won't come on the air, so what the hell? And, and and if you define thrive, what does it mean for a city to thrive? They always use the key words, but those key words are always so spongy. She says, she says, I believe people feel we aren't capable of taking on the big things because we don't have the tools to do the work we need to do together. What, what, what the does hell that does that mean? mean? That means nothing. In other words, we live in a declining democracy and face challenges that can only be addressed in a thriving democracy. We can commit to building that right here in our city. And then so she wants to grow economic security so everyone has the capacity to engage in public life from a place of personal security. Gibberish. Everyone should be able to afford a safe place to call home and live in neighborhoods where they feel safe. Okay, what would it look like if every Minneapolis family had a $500 emergency fund? Is she suggesting that that should be provided by the taxpayers? This would take comprehensive wealth building targeted to specific communities in which our systems have made wealth building difficult. So it's not up to an individual to build wealth. It's up to a specific government system, which Ah. she, in her estimation, apparently has failed. Uh, Ensure that everyone feels safe while interacting with their government. Well, I I, I do. If I have to go downtown and interact with the government, I I don't terribly feel unsafe. Unless you're leaving at about maybe 2 in the morning. Minneapolis should lead on bridging communities in our city that are segregated from each other. We should build up the already amazing civic leadership work in our city. Well, if it's amazing civic leadership, why do you continue to need to partner the government with the communities? You're telling me here it's amazing civic leadership. But see how the whirlwind of words is what they use. This is just utter, utter nonsense. Develop and support narratives of our city that celebrate the power, vibrancy, and diversity of all our city's neighborhoods as places where people can thrive. Okay? Thrive according to whom? What does thrive mean? For example, North Minneapolis is full of business and civic innovators who are already doing this work, and the city should learn from them. Okay? Make Minneapolis a climate champion, leading the way on navigating the realities of a changing planet together. What realities? This woman can provide me no evidence of climate change. Not one single shred 
of evidence. Not one either can the Russ Stark in St. Paul, who the taxpayers have to pay his hundred grand a year plus benefits to be the resiliency officer. It's utter nonsense. If you want to defend this woman, call me. You go right to the top of the line. Uh, we live in a time that calls for the best leadership. Resiliency, resiliency ultimately is the ability to strengthen our city in governance, its services, and its people. So we just don't respond to the challenges we learn and thrive in the face of them. So thrive might have been used here 15 times. I one of these days. No, you can't give down, up. You can't give up going yet. Going down to the boat shop. And I ain't coming back up. You're going to have to take us to break, Rook. I can do that, as long as you come up from the boat shop. Take that orchestra down, but be prepared to bring it back up. Thank you, sir. Yes, Scott. Sir. Hail the keeper of common sense. Hail you. Um, talking about Russ Stark and his $105,000 plus benefits, um, the thing that kind of strikes me uh, the most about his job and what he's tasked to do is that 20 years down the road from now, somebody is going to say, wow, he did a great job. Mm-hmm. And nothing has changed. No climate change, no nothing. Well, I hope I hope we don't pay him for twenty years. That'd, that'd be very bankrupting. All right, thank you. Say, Dale Mulfinger's going to join us. I'm excited about that. He's a cabinologist. Yeah. Think of the stuff he's seen. Think of the stuff he's designed. Well, true. He's from Stillwater. He's going to do my cabin. I'm going to ask him right now. He's going to do my cabin. All right. Someday. Fifteen hundred. <laughs> my cabin shed. ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis.